This show is sponsored by FHE Health and their Shatterproof program for first responders. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. So excited to have my good friend, John Kelly, back on the show. A retired first responder of many years serving honorably. He is a sought-after speaker, author, and the host of his very own podcast, the one and only John Kelly, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am so excited. You fucking moron. Oh, my <laughs> to God. Have, to have my uh, good friend John Kelly back on the show. He's an amazing guy, author, speaker, has his own podcast, retired Leo down in Florida. Uh, he's doing amazing things. John, what's up, man? Brother. We were just I talking. Had, we we I, had a conversation. We should have double dose of Pat Fitzgibbon this week. <laughs> well, I was on your amazing show yes, sir. Uh, about you. a week ago, and it was, it was amazing. We 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 do, uh, dove deep. A lot of a lot of great feedback from that, Pat. It, there was, and you know, it was it, we. For those of you who didn't listen, I encourage you to go to John's podcast and listen to it because um, we talked about suicide. We scratched that. You know, we beyond scratched that. We went deep into so. that uh discussion and i'm glad we had it brother because you know it's a discussion like you said in some of your posts i mean people don't talk about it. no no and, and you know we are experts at that we are experts at avoiding the elephant in the room right? like we don't talk about our relationships we don't talk about our addictions our our, our use of alcohol to self-medicate we don't talk and we don't talk about the life decisions that we make that ultimately bring us to some dark places. Right. Absolutely. It's just, Absolutely. We don't talk about any of that. man. And you hit um, on something right there where, you know, you are at the point in your life right now. I'm talking about you, John. I'm just making a broad statement, whether you like it or not, because of decisions you made. hundred percent. You know, I mean, yeah. and I think some people don't realize that or they don't want to accept it, but that's the reality. Right. You know, and so, but the good thing is, is that, you know, we live in such an amazing time. There's a lot of resources out there. You can turn it around, but ultimately it's up to the person, right? Yeah. And, I, I've always seen, there was a, I don't know, it was a, a, a painting, a drawing of a bunch of ladders stacked on each other, laying horizontally. Yeah. And there's a dude on top of the stack trying to get over a wall, right? And, and, you know, you're just like, 
you know, all the resources in the world, man, but if you don't utilize them properly are for naught, right? Absolutely. And it was just, it was just, you know, it was like one of those visuals that I was just like, look at that dumbass. He's standing, trying, he's standing on all these ladders laid horizontally. He just won't pick one of them up, man. Pick one of them up and lean it against a wall and you're over. Yeah. That's the, that's the phone call. That's somebody reaching out to you. Um, you know, we just, you know, there's no lack of resources. There's no lack of people that care. Um, and I, I don't buy into man, this whole, I, I know people talk about stigma, man. Um, I, it's a lot of bullshit, bro. I, I, I listen mm. for a grown man. Listen, when you're younger, I think you give a shit what other people think of you. Right. You, you, you know, we're, we're overly, even into our thirties and maybe yeah. even forties, man, where, we're, where people, other people's opinions matter to you. And you know, we, we say that they don't, but they ultimately do. Right. Um, I, I spoke yesterday at, at, uh, in Palm beach gardens, so like 70 people in the room, Pat, it was an yeah. amazing thing. And I, I, I didn't close with this, but I, as I wind down, I say, Hey, listen, you know, you guys have been great and I've enjoyed my time with you. I said, but I want you to understand something. I don't give a shit what you think about me or what I've said. Right. And they all go, fuck. Cause I've been, they've had yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. day of John Kelly, man. So I said, I said, you could never think as little of me as I thought of myself at the height of my destruction. Yeah. I said, so why do you give a fuck what other, why do you give a fuck what other people think of you? And I'm telling you half the room had, if if I could have had that little light bulb emoji over their heads, I I had guys pointing at me going, yes, yes. Right. And so, I mean, there were a lot of epiphanies that day. Um, and they were taken back, but it's taken back your power brother is what it is. Yeah, is, you know, and I'm at that place now we are we're pretty tight and we talk a lot and, mm. and, but yeah, I'm at a point right now where, you know, I'm transparent, you're transparent. I mean, I, I don't care what people think, you know, and, but I agree with you hundred percent when I was younger. Yeah, absolutely. Before I got into treatment. Yes. I was worried because sure. of, you know, what are people going to think? My God. Right. But now I'm like, you know, Am I intentionally going out there trying to hurt people? No, no I know you're not, not. No. but I don't give a shit. You know, I think don't about care. this, Pat. Think about this. We are overly concerned about the opinions of people that have no standing in our lives. Absolutely. But the people like that we should, whose opinions we should revere, whose opinions that should weigh heavily on our hearts, we don't give a shit about them. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We've got it backwards. We've got it backwards. Well, I mean, it's like the the people that, you know, tout that they have, uh, you know, not everybody, but, you know, you get somebody who has like 30,000 followers on Instagram. I'm just pulling out a number. Sure, sure. Do you engage with every one of those followers? Yeah. I would rather have five people that follow me that I'm engaged with. Right. That are good connections, sure. Then thirty thousand of people I don't even know who the fuck they are, right? right. But to go to your point, maybe that was a bad example. You know, it's yeah, it's, it was actually Pat. That was a horrible <laughs> example. I fucking, you know what I, you you know lost, what I mean? 
You fucking you know what lost I mean? me is like we, halfway through that analogy, bro. You know what I mean? Is we live in this digital age right, right now where we're so worried. Oh my God, we can't push this. What are people going to talk about? They're going to think about me. Oh my God, this, I can't offend anybody. Yes, you have to be courteous and, and know your crowd to an extent, but right. I, I think we've, we've lost ourselves along the way where we're not mm. being authentic no. and because that's what people crave. Most people. I think so. Most people yeah, we, crave. And that's what I love about you, brother. You get out there and you tell it like it is. And it's you, funny you say that. So some of the feedback that I got, uh, I, they didn't come up to me and said it, but the people that brought me in, they were like, this guy's fucking real. Well, go, of course I go, I go, how about that? You know, I go, well, which, which, which brings the other point is listen. If, if, if you're going to be part of the solution and you're going to stand in front of a room and, and, and purport to know you gotta, you gotta be vulnerable and you gotta share and, and you, you, you've gotta, you gotta have walked the walk, man. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, I didn't want to go down that road, but there's a lot of people in this fucking space <laughs> that, you know, they, they did the job for a fucking day and now they're a fucking, you know, absolutely. I, I hate fucking, that. It's just fucking stop. You yeah. know, listen, do me a favor. Let's talk about something else because that's not what we're, we're about, or that's what, that's not what this is about. Yeah. But I, and I, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, but I think we've, I think we've, you know, as a, as a collective, have kind of lost our way where I'm not saying everybody, but, um, and I know I did where I was worried, like I said before, about what other people thought, but I mean, it's just like, we're, we're, it's like, we're chasing the dragon, man. We're chasing that unicorn or we're trying to, we're so worried about what people think. And this, this rat winds back into like, you know, our, our men and women are brave people who are serving, whether it's cops, fire, whoever that are, are, are worried and you, if you're one of those people, you can't tell me that's BS. If you're lying to yourself, if you're not worried right. because everybody gets there. Right. Um, and they're so worried just because of the culture of law enforcement. I was there right. for a long time. You were there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think it's getting a little better, but I still think people are worried that, oh my God, what people are going to think about me? You know, well, you I'm, I'm going to get a card that says I can't carry a gun anymore. You know? Yeah. I think we do a, we do a really poor job of, empowering and supporting each other we 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 are we have the capacity to, to do great things and to be really so much better mm-hmm. but there's this fucking this undercurrent of of um we don't care for each other the well, way we eat we, our, we eat our own yeah man and it's you know there's a bunch of people in this space that talk about leadership and the role leadership plays. Tom Rizzo is one of them. Um, Travis Yates is another one of them. You know, doing some great work uh, and trying to give examples of what you know. Leadership is is about support, caring, empowering, mm-hmm. and taking care of your people. But you know, we want our leaders to do that for us, but we won't do that for each other at at, at a very basic level. You know. Why do you and, why do you uh, th- why do you think that I, that is, bro? You think it's just a culture? Do you think it's just a, it just you know we're I, I don't know what it is. I've been racking my brain the is, last Pat? ever since I left is. the field. This is what it is, I I think. If we if we can agree on some universal life assumptions that you're a product of your environment, absolutely. Right? 
Oh, okay. With that being said, I can't specifically point to when it happened, but when we stopped taking care of each other, when we stopped fostering, when we started to, ah, this is it. I'm telling you right now. When we started to care more about the community than Absolutely. our people, we fucking lost. See, I remember when I got on in 91 in South Florida, our sheriff was Nick Navarro running down the street with a gun in his hand, you know, fucking take all these people. He was, he was making his own crack cocaine. He was an absolute fucking lunatic. Um, somebody would complain. He goes, my, de if my deputies, my deputies, he would, he would take reporters to fucking jail for asking a stupid question. He was, okay. you want to talk about support? You, if you were out there doing the job, don't worry about internal affairs. We'll take care. Will our my command will will take care. And like if you were an IA investigator and you brought some discourtesy shit to a producer, you know, that from God, they would you would get in trouble. You know, the IA guy would get in trouble. Right? Because and we had a great relationship with the community back then. We didn't have a community policing unit. Yeah. The fact that we were protecting good people making neighborhoods safe, right? Doing our job, fucking locking up bad guys. There was no backpack program for kids and shit. Um, you had little kids coming up to you and hugging you because you were being, you were making their community safer. Yeah. Not because you were fucking giving away hot dogs and shit. Right. Well, I th yeah. And yeah. so, but so there was a, there, somewhere along the way, the, the, the upper echelon, Instead of enforcing the law and, 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 and doing the tough work of making communities safe, we try to endear ourselves. Listen, we don't need to be loved. We need to be respected. I'll even say being feared isn't a bad thing. Who the hell else is going to do the job? Yeah. See, but we got away from that model. And so now we want to be loved. And how do we become loved? We play basketball with you in uniform and we fucking, we wash cars and mow yards. They had units fucking painting houses in district five. <sighs> the set team was painting fucking house. Stop, stop, get back. The set team should have been arresting the dopers that were watching them yeah. paint the fucking house. Well, I right? think there's chasing headlines. Dude, you know, they're no, chasing headlines. No, Pat, I disagree with you, brother, because it hasn't stopped. That philosophy hasn't stopped. We you, are going about building community. We're trying to build trust by not doing our jobs. Yeah, and and, and I agree with you. I mean, it's almost like we're so fatigued. Ooh, we're so fatigued, up, and we're so fatigued with taking care of the community, and that's part of our jobs. But to your point, okay, I'm fatigued. I just got off a twelve hour shift. Now I'm right. being told I got to go fucking paint a house uh, yeah. for somebody in the community. And I'm going to be back to work. Do you think? Some of this, and I'm just spitballing, but yeah. some of the origins of this kind of shift, maybe were Rodney King, you know, I mean, just, you could argue, you can, I guess you can make an argument for that, that, you know, back in the nineties, I mean, it's maybe, okay, shit, we got this technology now it's out and about, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just reaching for shit, but I'm trying to go back and try to pinpoint when the, you know, trying to think to myself, when did it start to shift? And I remember you know, Rodney, Rodney King, and we all disagree with that. I mean, I, I yeah. it was a horrible thing, but I wonder if that was kind of like the genesis of it. 
Because it seemed yeah, to me you know what? Step after that, uh, my my problem with Rodney King is they didn't beat him hard enough, fast enough. It fucking well, went yeah, on they too did, long. They just, it went yeah, on too long. It went on too, it went on too long. And you, you read know, Stacy so- Stacy Coon's book, Presumed Guilty. Yeah, Stacy Coon was the sergeant on scene. Pat acquitted, acquitted at the state level. Went to trial, not yeah. guilty. The DOJ comes in and goes, "Oh no, no, this." This looked horrible. We're gonna go federally on you now. But so do he you gets kid. So oh, go ahead. that was that was a that was listen. Rodney King should have got it worse a lot sooner, and the fact that it was this protracted fucking beating was was the optics were horrible. Yeah, but yeah. They were that crew was brought to trial at the state level and they were found not guilty. Well, then you had a subsequent riots and shit like that. Yeah, right. Well, that's right. What because fucking well, but the so um uh, you know since so, so now we what we fucking we got to find you guilty because we don't want riots, right? So that's all fucking bullshit. The, the the problem is when we stop doing our job, law enforcement, right? Uh, listen, I worked in some really. Un, un, less than desirable areas of Northwest Fort Lauderdale. I had a great, great relationship with the community. The only white guy in 10 square miles. And I, cause you know what? Cause I was locking up bad people and protecting good people. Yeah. And we have deviated from that formula. Like we don't do, we don't enforce the law anymore. We are no longer the hammer. No. We we walk around with white gloves, and we jerk well, everybody off, and we expect that that's going to give that's going to build trust. And what's happening, Pat, is well, look what. We're, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, brother. No, we're just we, we, we when we've we've departed dramatically from the role that we should play in society, and 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 so if we're not enforcing the law, who is? One, I agree with you. And I mean, just think about it this. And I know you saw this in the news a while back. I think it was like a week or two ago. Have you ever in your life, brother, in your law enforcement career, seen an entire police department pick up and quit all at once? This happened in Minneapolis or Minnesota, I believe, right. a couple a couple of weeks ago. Whoever thought, if you let's rewind back the clocks a little bit, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Could you imagine waking up? And seeing that in the fucking news. And this ties into your point where we're we're white gloving everything. We're not allowed to be cops anymore. Are there bad cops out there? Yes. But the overwhelming majority of police officers are good people. They're good men and women trying to do a job. Exactly. Um, but I agree with you. We're not allowed yeah, to do a just, job. And that's, and, and, but it and, permeates, buddy. It permeates oh the God. highest level of government. Uh, 200%. Listen, when the DOJ comes out with tenants mandates we'll give you federal funding but you need to adopt these tenants it's a that, problem because what you're saying is if you don't change the way you do business you're not going to get this you're not going to get the funding which isn't going to allow money. you to hire office so everybody starts getting in line for the almighty dollar and, and, and being politically correct and you know you stop implementing aggressive right listen there's nothing wrong with being aggressive. No, there's nothing wrong with being proactive. There's nothing, but, but this is the thing. Now everybody's seeing, we've got people walking into 
retail establishments with fucking hockey bags. LA. Clear, clearing, clearing an aisle of cosmetics, doodads, and 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 toiletries. Uh, and then walking out unchallenged and nobody they're going into Nordstrom and there and Walmart, Home Depot, and people are just loading shit in a cart yeah. and walking and out. They're, and they're just filming it. And and so that's that's where we're at in society because a silent, uh, not a, a very vocal minority has villainized law enforcement and proactive policing. And so cops aren't stupid, man. Um, oh, so uh, I'm going to be the next reel on CNN? Uh, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to park under that tree. Uh, I'm going to pay play Tetris or whatever the game is on my phone. And we'll respond we'll to our calls for service and F everybody else. That's where we're at because when we do have somebody, listen, I, I always thought this was hysterical. You know, a, a command saying, you know, you do everything 100% right. We, we've got your back. Well, fuck, brother. I don't need you to have my back if I do everything 100% right. I need you when I'm about 80% right. Yeah, exactly. I when, need when you I... when I'm just a little bit out of bounds, right? I yeah. need you to I need you to have my back then. If I'm 100% right, I don't Why need, do I need your you? endorsement. <laughs> right. So we're so afraid and, and 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 I hate painting with a broad brush, so I won't. There are some agency leaders out there that are doing a phenomenal job. They support their guys, they stand by their guys, um and they believe in the rule of law. They presume they, they believe in the presumption of innocence until an investigation is conducted. And um, they don't placate to the media or the public to fit in a, a political agenda. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for as many good chiefs and sheriffs, and there's an equal amount of is not equal more amount of, of, of spineless uh, people filling roles of heads of departments. I won't call them leaders. And so, you you've got a rank and file going. Do you think? What, what do you want me to do? Do you think that it's too late to course correct? Do you think we've gotten so far into this? It's gotten so ingrained, and I, what I'm what I mean about the talk, the culture now that you're talking yeah. about that's permeated most departments and most agencies, not just local agencies. I'm talking state and federal too. Um, the whole you know, uh, law enforcement culture, do you think it's too late? It's so ingrained. It's so we're teaching the next generation uh, of a law enforcement. Look, you have to, you have to, you, you have to, you know, please, sir, put down the knife. I'm yeah, being dramatic, yeah. but you know what I mean? Well, of course. Um, you know, do you think, we're, do you think it's too late to course correct? Absolutely not. And this is why Pat, we've been in this game for a little bit. I, I you know, I, 30 years, not the longest, but, Everything is cyclical. Yeah. Right. And so the pendulum swings, man. And, and it always, it always, it always swings back and forth. I think when more, what's that saying? The difference between a Democrat and a Republican is a Democrat hasn't become a victim of crime yet. Right. There's some saying like that. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I probably butchered it. But my, my point is when violence and thievery, and the wolf, when the wolf starts knocking on the doors of the people making decisions, when we hit low, where upper to middle class is afraid to go out at night, 
I think you're going to see a, a, a change in, in but th- but the that's role. Happened. That's happened. Well, bro. I don't know. Listen, I listen. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's happened to the extent that you think it has. I yeah. I think the the elite is still clean. I don't think the the elite hasn't gotten bloodied yet. Yeah. And I I think that's what it's going to take for the pendulum to swing back for them to go. All right, fuck it. We tried this social experiment. You know, uh, we tried we tried back in the Black Lives Matter movement, and we tried we tried we tried placating. We tried, you know, looking the other way. We'll let you burn down fucking buildings. We won't charge you. It's not a big deal. Um, but you know, don't show up on the steps of the of the Capitol, or you're going yeah. to fucking prison. You know, listen, we've tried that experiment. It's, it hasn't worked, and I think that the pendulum will swing back. And listen, you're talking about a group of people, 700, 750,000 men and women who give of themselves when there is nothing left to give. These are true patriots, fathers, mothers, people that have that believe in the, mm-hmm. the, the very fiber of this country, of the core uh, of good versus evil. And, and they put them they they put themselves out there every day for total strangers, um, and they need to be given the green light, man, to get back to doing the job without yeah. fear of being indicted or this or that. And I think once we get that, once we get back to that time where, well, I the think rule of law is upheld. I think we're in a yeah. we're, we're we're back on track. And I think you're in a good place, meaning Florida, because Florida, from my understanding, John, you lived there. You were a cop there for a long time. It's pretty pro cop. Um, oh yeah, no, it's a you big, know, I mean, pro-cop. but but what my, I guess my point in that is is that you know, and I agree with you. You know, I mean, there are good men and women out there, but everybody has a breaking point, brother. You know that. I mean, right. you're working in a dim run city. I hate to go political, but that's the point. Or that's the truth. You're working in somewhere like fucking Portland or something like that. Not to disparage the people, men and women who live in Portland. I'm sure it's a beautiful place, but the PD's been getting shit on for years. Right. And yeah. I guess my point is there's a breaking point to, you know, yeah, they get into it. They're selfless. You know that. You've been there. But there's a point where people are like, fuck it. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'll well, go work fucking. And, 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 it, and it may be an exercise in holding their breath, man. I don't yeah. know. You know, it's just like, listen. Um, yeah, you don't need to work smart. Listen, society places demands on law enforcement. What do you want me doing? What do you, do you, do you want me to be a peacekeeper? Um, you know, over years, right. We've, we used to have pursuit policies, very liberal pursuit policies, right? You could chase somebody for a traffic violation. Right. And then, we started weighing, okay, well, the risk versus the reward. So you know what? We're going to limit, you know, you need to have a forcible felony. you got a forcible felony, you can chase. And then, it, it, you know, the criteria kept reducing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. getting smaller on when you, you can be authorized to do this. And then we, we, it, we become innovative. We've got the pit, right? The pit maneuver. Well, if we can stop the pursuit before it starts, right? We got that the Georgia uh, yeah, yeah. trooper who who pitted that guy that ran over a couple people. Yeah, then the, the truck. That, I was right, like, fucking badass. Shit. That's great, man. Right? There, pulled him out that's of the car great. or the truck. Right. Um, that's awesome. 
probably uh, going to get sued, but we're doing a no, job. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be good, man. He's going to be good on that, right? Because there's enough people that you know are finally applauding and going, "Well, that looked like police work right there, man. How about yeah. that?" And so he did a great job, right? Um, but it, it's 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 that you know situations where we're we're a living, breathing profession that adapts and overcomes and 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 constantly strives to meet the challenges and mandates placed upon it from people that don't know. Exactly. And so it's been, listen, two cops, if they were podcast a hundred years ago, two cops like you and me would be having the same conversation about, they don't let us ride our horses through downtown, you know, or some <laughs> shit. I don't know, but you know what I mean? I know like, what you mean. This conversation has been going on since there've been good guys and bad guys. You know, hey, when we got, you know, uh, in, in, in the, in the, in the twenties, um, you know, we got to outfit our guys with Tommy guns because the bad guys got Tommy yeah, guns. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the guys are showing up with five shot revolvers getting fucking smoked by, by these gangs, uh, with machine. Guns. We adapt. So we had to adapt. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's just that cycle, man. Everything's very cyclic. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind, we're going to get back to yeah. a time where the people demand enforcement of the law. And I, I, I know it's a little bleak right now, but I, I do believe we'll get back to that at some point. And I agree with you. I mean, I, I deep down, I was just like, fuck, man. It's just like we've been in this rut, for lack of a better word, for a couple of years now. It's like, damn, man, how many, how much, how longer can our... And, and, I, and I think it would be different, in my opinion, if it was just, if it didn't, if it wasn't so, uh, if it didn't permeate everywhere, like even among politicians now. I mean, we, John, when you and I were growing up, what would you would have done if you saw a senator or a congressman on TV saying, yeah, we should defund the police? You would have been yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, it's just a. You know, it's just an everyday topic. Well, it's it, and, it's again, it's it's nonsense. You know, there are but it's nonsense. But people, people, it goes into the whole morale and attitude of cops now. I'm not saying everybody, but they hear right. this coming from so-called leaders, right? And they're like the ones that are guarded by armed security. By the way, sure. Um, we need to defund the police, and it's just their cops are getting hit at it from all. You know, when, when I when I speak, I, you know, when I speak to a room full of uh, first responders, I say I, I, this is what I remind them of. And I say, you got to do this every day, man. I, I go as bad as you think you have it. There's always something to be grateful for. Sure. Right? So you wake up with gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. You go to bed, maybe you write a few things down and then you wake up and you reflect and then you do something immediately for you. Be selfish, right? You, you work out, you read, you meditate. Uh, call our girl Paige and do some yoga, right? You do something, right? And <laughs> Paige then Arnone. get on the line, man. Exactly. And then you remember this, I tell them, that's serenity prayer. Yeah. God grant me the serenity to accept, accept the, things the things I cannot, cannot change, change, the courage to change, change the things, things that, that I can, can, and the wisdom to know, the, know difference. the difference. You yeah. recite that, right? You recite that to yourself, and that's the lens that you look through that day with. And so when there's some jerk off politician talking about some nonsense, you dismiss it. 
Yeah. You dismiss it. It doesn't even register because one, you don't have any control over it and don't consume the limited amount of bandwidth that you have for that day with something that's going to drain and take away from you. Right. You've got to be present and aware enough and have the emotional intelligence enough to know not to go down that rabbit hole. Absolutely. So you, you, we don't even talk about it. It doesn't exist. And then, so we refocus and we start planning and implementing and scheduling things that we know are going to have a return on our investment time with friends, time with family. I'm going to, and, and I think that to be better cops, we need to think less about cop stuff and more about life stuff. Yeah. I agree with that. And live in the present, live in the yes. now. Yes. You now I'm reading this, I'm reading this book, uh, Eckhart Tolle. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's, you know, he's pretty, he's, he's amazing. Eckhart Tolle or Tolle, I believe. And the power of now. And what he says, it just made me think when you were talking, brother, was all we have is the present. He, he, he says that, and he's got a shit ton of books out there. He says there's no time is an illusion. All we have is now. So, John, when you wake up tomorrow, it's going to be present. It's going to be now. Right. Okay. It's not going to, it's not going to, he says the past is just a collection of when you were at a point in time and you were in the now, if that makes sense. I mean, this is some big brain shit, brother. Right. Yeah. But, his point is, all right, yesterday's in the rearview mirror. It's not coming back. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. So live in the present. Because really, that's all we have is the present right, right now. No, 100%. And so it goes back to what you were saying is as cops, start you know, breaking out of that myopic view of just looking at life through a law enforcement officer. I'm not yeah. saying, okay, when you're on the job, you need to look at it right, to keep right. you alive. I'm just saying bigger picture shit. Start right. looking at, don't look at the micro, look at the macro thing, you know, and yeah, it's fucking amazing, but I agree with you. I mean, you have to start looking at the bigger things and what yeah, you I, said is important. Take care of your fucking self. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, you and I talked about this quite a bit, man, is that if we don't, if we don't take care of ourselves, right. And it needs to be not a catchphrase right if if we don't truly invest in in in, in time and energy in, in the caring of ourselves that over time period x man you know that slide that we all face can become an avalanche and and so the importance of self-care and doing all the things and exposing yourself to all the things that we all know are out there, but we mm-hmm. just, we won't do that follow-up. We won't do that next thing. Yeah. I heard yoga is really good for me, um, but I'm <laughs> I'll not doing it when I yoga. get some time. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'm, uh, yeah, it's I on my cold, to-do list. Yeah. I heard cold plunging is, it's got some amazing <laughs> health benefits and it's great for your mental uh, resiliency, but yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, and, you know, it's just, so I said yesterday in class, I go, this is going to sound weird, but stop talking and schedule it. Take action, make it. See, this is what happens. If, if I say to you, Pat, we should get together next week and uh, have, have a conversation. And I leave it like that. You and I are not getting together next no, week. No, no, because we're not being proactive. It's, it's... So if I say, hey, Pat, let's get together next week. Here's the scheduling link. I have Friday open. 
How does that look for you? Yeah. And we lock in and it's fucking done. Yeah. If I say to Nicole, uh, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? I don't know. What do you want to? You know what happens? That fucking weekend goes by and we don't do anything. But I go, I got to be deliberate. I got to go. There is a little art festival downtown Flagler. Uh, at, 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 uh, and I got tickets for it. And so we're going. Um, there you go. We need to schedule. It sounds weird, but you got to schedule. You, you, you won't miss some business meeting, but you'll miss your kid's fucking game. Yeah. Because we got to schedule it. We, we, are, we are being pulled in so many different directions. I like that. that. That's a great idea. Because, Pat, I think once we commit to the, the schedule, once we say, this is where I need to be at this time, we show up. You don't miss FHE meetings that they schedule for you. No, I'm You're sure. there. You'll fucking fly to Florida <laughs> to be there because it's a fucking meeting you need to be at. Yeah, if yeah. we take that same approach with scheduling time with our friends and our family and in doing things that add value to our life outside of work, if we adopt that same philosophy, like I'm banging Nicole tonight. It's on the schedule. <laughs> I, uh, it's just, I, I put it on the schedule. It has to happen. I'm not editing that out. By no, the way. it stays. <laughs> but that's my point, man. Yeah. People have busy lives. And when you have a busy life, if that time isn't designated for something absolutely productive for you, it gets filled with something counterproductive. Well, and I agree, especially like you said, we're in a we're in this hundred miles an hour life. Yeah, man. Especially with technology and distractions and all this other shit we got going on online, all the options. I agree with you. I mean, I have a calendar I live by. Yeah, and, and and there's only so much. Remember, remember when we were at least with me. I can't speak for you, but I would be like, "Oh shit, I'll remember that. I don't need to write it down." Well, oh, fuck. Yeah. No. Good luck with that shit now. I mean, no. I finally, you know, I'm a little self aware now. Going, sure. I'm getting a little older. I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone fucking what you told me two days ago. Yep. But so I agree with you. I mean, it's yeah. so important. I want to hit on something too. Is especially with your relationships. Yeah. Putting it on the calendar. You mentioned, Nicole, spending time with your wife. It is so important to get that on the calendar. Share the calendar with each other, obviously. Yeah. And it might seem, I know some of you think, well, it's fucking corny. No, it's not fucking corny. Because like John said, psychologically, it, when you see something, instead of trying to remember it, you're more apt to do it. And you look yeah. up the science. That's just yeah. psychologically. If you see something on the calendar, you're like, oh, fuck. Instead of saying, oh, what was I supposed to do with my yeah. wife? Yeah. So no, it's I think I you know we, we we stack the odds against us. Listen, there are there are distractions abound, right? There is no shortage of things pulling you. Listen, oh, life's gonna happen. Life, shit's gonna start coming from different directions. Um, and so like I block off, I block off. I work the business in the morning, and I block off Pat from nine to noon. That's my time. Good. That's every discipline. day with Nicole. We go to That's the gym. Discipline. We run errands. We, every day from nine to noon, I block off. And so uh, unless I'm traveling for a conference or I'm teaching somewhere, my my time every day is blocked off from nine to noon. Guarantee time with Nicole. Um, and I think that, you know, it sounds like, well, I don't want to be so robotic, not being robotic. You're you're dedicating time. Well, and you tell you tell and me committing. if I'm wrong. 
You don't think Nicole appreciates the hell out of that? Of, of course, course she does. She does. I'm getting spend time with my husband, and I guarantee you, since she's used to it now, brother, you tell me if I'm wrong. Something messes with my John time. Shit, no, there's going to be there's going to be some hell to pay. She there puts, should be. She she doesn't schedule anything in the morning. No, but she's what I'm retired. saying is somebody my, my, that's to, my point. Yeah, she's yeah. protective of that time. Yeah, exactly, and you Nothing, should be. No nail appointment. But what at we've 10 got. But what we've gotten to in a society, brother, you tell me if I'm wrong. I'd love to hear your feedback is you're out to dinner, you know, with your spouse, whatever it is. And, you know, you're sitting there across from each other at the restaurant. And, hey, babe, I need to. Oh, shit. I got to take this phone call. So, you know. When I go on dates and I'm not perfect by any means, I'd put my phone away, put it on silent. And I'm again, I'm not perfect. Am I am I able to track your location? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is my point is, is that you and Nicole have that time. If you yes. go out to dinner, brother, I guarantee you, I know you. You're not on the phone all the fucking time when you're there with your wife. You know, yeah. unless your no. kid calls you with an emergency. Yeah. And what so it's funny that I'm so glad you brought this up. So we're not immune. You, just because you and I are in a space and life still happens to us. We're just regular, regular people that every day try to be better today than we were yesterday. Right. So the other night, uh, Nicole and I sit down to watch a movie. She's on her phone and I'm fucking around with my phone. And I caught myself <laughs> and I go, all right. I go, Hey, Nicole, I go, um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm putting my phone up on the, the kitchen counter. It's, it's a way. Hey, it's Mr. Wallace. Um, it's a way I go, will you be cool with that too? I go, because right now we're not, you know, this is counterproductive, right? Yeah. We're supposed to be spending time enjoying each other's company, watching a movie. You're watching fucking TikTok videos on some lady who makes amazing meatballs. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking about the next gig or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we started doing that phones are out of our hands, up in the kitchen, away from us. And you know, we're going to commit that if we're going to spend this time together, that's what we do. I think it's important. Yeah, it's very it's important. important. It's very um, important. I think if we don't do that, we allow the uh, the possibility of distractions cutting in on that time that we've designated for our spouse or for our kids or for whatever. And I know what maybe some people are thinking out there. I mean, I'm assuming, but I, I know maybe you are. Um, so I'll talk to those people. Oh, well, we've been married a long time. So we've, you know, there's really, I mean, what's there to talk about? Well, you just because you've been married or in a relationship for a long time doesn't mean there's not any room for improvement. And once you go down that road of, to, to your point, John, you're sitting on the couch with your wife watching a movie and you're both on your phones. That's the new normal. Yeah. Pat, so why even I have the fuck, why that. even, why even have the fucking movie on? Dude, once you just sit there with that. a, yeah, we're on autopilot, right? Oh, we're fucking we we're solid. We've been we've been together for 25 years. Well, what just happened? I yeah. was on my phone. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> that's a little that's a microcosm of fucking life because yeah. you're so detached. Um, you know, I I say this uh, when I present, I say, you know, when we stop doing the things that make us successful, we can't be shocked when things get sideways, when we stop putting we, we, for your relationship to be successful, 
you during the courtship process you you were chasing it when you were chasing it you were making the person feel appreciated and you were thoughtful and you did all these things and then once you caught it man you backed off a little bit subconsciously yeah and then over a marriage over time period x you know people always say oh we fell out of love i got to say bullshit i call bullshit what what you did was you stopped caring yeah. You stop putting in the effort. A absolutely. And when you yeah. stop putting in the effort, when you stop making people in your lives, kids or spouses, when you stop letting them know that they're appreciated, the first that's the first wedge when it comes to a, a breakup. Yeah. If 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 you don't appreciate me, I'll find somebody that does. It's a basic human need, man. And we gloss over it all the time, Pat. Yeah. And one of the one of the most interesting analogies I heard over the years was, you know, you, ha you have a regular marriage. Say it's you and Nicole. Okay. You yeah. have that relationship between you and your wife. The marriage is its own. It's like a child. It's its own being. It's a living, breathing, you know, thing. Entity. That, yeah. Entity that needs to get fed like a kid. All so right, you have right. the relationship, you know, you and your wife, but then yeah. we have this other relationship. We have this other identity or uh, entity that needs to get fed. Mm. I just thought it was interesting. It just made me think about it. Yeah. Where, okay. You and your, Nicole have your relationship. It's a friendship. It's a, it's this type of relationship, but then the marriage is separate from that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. It's, it's just kind of, I remember hearing about that a long time ago and I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting way of looking at it, but it's like you you said. I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That happened to me. I'll be totally right. honest. I, I was married twice and fell out of love. It's, and I agree with you, brother. And this is what people don't, especially guys. Well, we just fell out of love. Fucking bullshit. You quit putting in the work mm. to make it happen. Yeah, man. And I'm guilty of that. Yeah, it's I'm not fucking easy to. It's not easy to come to terms with that. No, it's not easy to say. Well, fuck. I had a role in this. Right. <laughs> can Can I tell you? I think this might segue into something that I like to talk about. You know, this profession, not this first responder profession, we don't do a great job of nurturing and ensuring insur up our relationships at home. No, no. The profession is designed actually to pull you away. And this is where it becomes problematic on many levels. Well, look at divorce rates. <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> listen to this, right? So we know... We know for every bad guy that takes a first responder's life, two to three commit the commit suicide. Right? We know that statistically, it's it, it it's not uh, we're not being uh, exaggerating statistics. Every bad guy that kills one of us, two to three take their own life. This is mm -hmm. what we know. Of those two to three, Pat, that take their own life, half of them are the result of a divorce or a breakup. Oh yeah, I I, so I believe it. Yeah. When we when we lose that foundation of support and resiliency that is our family and our spouse, it has devastating far reaching consequences. And, you know, I, I, I spoke yesterday and I, I brought up two the, the, the two guys that I know killed themselves, killed themselves because of a divorce ultimately. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what further proof do you need to know, no, listen, I'm not against divorce. 
what I am against is not making an informed decision mm-hmm. and, and making decisions that are emotional in nature that I am against. Uh, sometimes divorce is the answer. Sometimes it's necessary yeah. Yeah. For, for both parties to move in different directions um, for there to be happiness and growth and all that. And that's, that's fine, but that has to be made uh, intentionally that decision. And it has to be made from an, an informed basis. Yeah. But what ends up happening, Pat, is, is we neglect, we don't put the work in, we don't communicate effectively, we don't share, we are not vulnerable with each other, and we, we create, you and me, we create an environment of wedges yes. that eventually it just, it's just too, too much to make up. Yeah. 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 And it's, it, you're, it's just the nature of the job. Like you yeah. said, I agree with you. If, I mean, if it's we just... don't, if we don't do the hard work of nurturing that relationship, being communicative, caring, uh, having conversation, having difficult conversations that, um, you know, for the entirety of my adult life, I never had with my, yeah. with my, wife, yeah, well, it's right? me, it's me too. And so, this is so a lot ahead, of a lot of areas for us to grow in that regard. Well, this is what I was talking. I always talk about, you know, getting friends outside of law enforcement and making connections outside of law enforcement. And is this applied to relationships too? Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, you just said, you know, kind of suppressing everything and, and not being able to talk and, and open up and wedges and stuff like that. And that's why I tell people, look, and it took me a long time to get there, brother, get a friend outside of law enforcement. Cause you might look at, say a friend that's a civilian that, that's not in law enforcement, they have this wonderful marriage. Oh, what can I do? What, what, what can maybe I can, I can ask my friend. Right. You know, right. I mean, what, what do you do to, to, but we as cops and I speak for me, you know, my experience as well, fuck We have to make sure on the outside, everything looks perfect. Mm. Even though everything is fucking crumbling on the inside, we have to have that facade, yeah. you know, that mask that everything is great until, oh, right. shit, everything burns down. Yeah. And people were like, oh, God, I guess, you know what? Perfect. You, what you said makes perfect sense. And and having people in your lives outside of the first responder community. Listen, the first responder community, the law enforcement community is fucking crazy. They are. <laughs> right. And so crazy, and we eat our own. We eat our own. We we condone unacceptable behavior from each other. We do that. And so when crazy becomes the new normal, man, there there is no hope for personal growth or development. And w- by inviting by including people outside of that law enforcement circle of now you've got friends that don't condone or can they put a different set of eyes on a situation. Listen, you're never going to check me for my excessive drinking because you're a fucking drunk too. So, so we both spiral, but when we, when we have friends outside of this profession, they can help us redefine what healthy interaction is. Yeah. Um, because Absolutely. they, they come from it. They bring a different perspective to the and, table and, and that uh, is needed a hundred percent. It, 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 I never did that though. 
<laughs> well, I didn't, didn't either. Did right. And it's like, now that I'm retired, I have all these different friends and acquaintances from uh, musicians and entrepreneurs and CEOs and, and copyright guys and publishers and construction guys. And, and you're like, Oh, yeah, like this is a real world. These are real people. These aren't all that. These people aren't assholes. They're not, you know, No, the majority of people out there are good people. people they're, right? they're just, it's just that um, percentage that we deal with. You right. Know. And then, you know, you tell them a story and they go, and you know, and you don't see anything wrong with it. And then you go, hmm, Oh, I guess yeah, I should have lightened yeah, that maybe up. Maybe I a need bit. to tighten up a little bit. Yeah. Right. Well, cause you know, I think it's important to have that balance and yeah. you know, we, uh, we do a good job of, I think, yeah. lying to ourselves, right? You know, like, yeah. oh, no, it's just, you know, no, fuck oh, them. Brother. You know, fuck them. We're, we're tight. We're good. And uh, a Any final thoughts, brother, to the listener out there? First of all, where can they find you? If people oh, don't know so how to find real, John real Kelly. Um, uh, you can email me directly, john at lawenforcementlifecoach.com. The website is law Book him now. Yes, right now. Book me. John at lawenforcementlifecoach.com, lawenforcementlifecoach.com. There are links to the book, uh, surviving, self yeah, surviving Self-Inflicted Wounds, uh, Deputy's Life of Redemption, podcast. Um, I do some coaching. And you know what my coaching has turned into, brother? It's just what? me being a big brother, helping people out. Hey, man. that's why it should be, man. You know, man, I just, I, I spend a, a fair amount of time doing that. And uh, I'm 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 blessed and grateful to be able to do that. So that that's you know that's cool. So a couple um, things to the cops out there looking found some entertainment. We laughed a lot. But, yeah, man. You know they're going through some challenging times right now. I'm I just maybe they're like, oh my god, is this shit ever gonna end? You know, if it's ever gonna let up, you know, the pressure and stuff like that. Yeah. What would you tell them? Hey, Pat, I don't want to bring this this thing of ours to a fucking screeching halt, man. But I'll be remiss if I didn't touch on. The conversation that we had last week absolutely um my buddy todd killed himself last tuesday and he he called me me and a bunch of other brothers 20 times and on those 20 conversations we 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 walked together and we got him through a cheating spouse uh rpo being baker acted losing his job this community of brothers that he had, he called 20 times. On Tuesday morning, instead of calling 21 times, he ate his gun on his front lawn. And so to my brothers and sisters out there, um, you say this all the time, Pat, that you're loved. And God damn it, man, there is no world that is better without you in it. Amen. And I know when you're in pain and you've got that amygdala hijacked and you're not thinking fucking clearly and maybe you're medicating with alcohol and you've just got that fucking attitude, I just would ask you to make one more call. <laughs> just, just make one more call. Amen, brother. I love you, my friend. Love you too, man. All I love right. you too. I'll talk to you soon.